Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. I'm your host, James Bell. Welcome back to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. I'm your host, James Bell. In this first season, we've been talking about Bentonville's outdoor recreation industry. And this episode is the final episode of the first season. Next week, we'll bring you our Northwest Arkansas Technology Summit director to talk about that. And then we'll switch to season two, which will be all about mobility. So get ready to talk about drones, flying cars, air taxis, aerobatic planes, and a whole bunch more. I'm thrilled to have in the studio with me today, Pedro Sumariba, the CEO and founder of Lakaida Ropes, which is making the safest, most beautiful, and most useful climbing ropes in the world. Pedro, welcome to the show. Thank you, James. Pedro, let's uh, get the audience started by getting to know you. What should they, uh, what would you like them to know? Sure. So, as you mentioned, Pedro Samariba, I am um, first generation born in this country. Uh, both of my parents migrated here in the 1970s, uh, Sandinista Civil War from Nicaragua. Um, grew up primarily in Florida. So South Florida, went to University of Florida as a Gator. And then after that, I joined the, the Army. Uh, I signed up to be a, a Special Forces Green Beret. So I did about three years of training, met my wife during that, that phase. And together we relocated to Okinawa, Japan, uh, where we lived for about three years and had our first daughter. And ultimately that was the impetus for us to leave the military. Uh, I went from Japan straight to Durham, North Carolina, where I went to business school at Duke. I graduated with my MBA in 2018 and came here to Bentonville uh, to join Walmart in their finance uh, E3 program. Subsequent to that, I, I moved to a buyer role uh, and uh, just actually came back to Walmart from Marshalltown down in Fayetteville. Uh, and so I'm now a senior buyer in planners and birds. Cool. Well, welcome back to uh, working in Bentonville. And uh, that's such a cool story. Um, what I didn't hear in there is about uh, where you got started climbing. Can you tell about us about uh, your start climbing and about your passion for climbing? Yeah, uh, sure. So I first started climbing indoors, bouldering, so non-rope okay. climbing uh, when I was at the University of Florida. There's a gym that's since been closed, um, but that, that was the, the igniting the passion kind of phase. And then, uh, as you can imagine, in the military, it was like, climb when you can, which wasn't often. And there were no, there were no climbing gyms in Okinawa, Japan. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, when I went back to business school, that's when I started to get back into the sport. Uh, my wife and I would go climbing when we could. And um, since relocating to Bentonville, like right that, that first year we came here was right when, uh, when Dennis Nelms and, and his team opened up Climb Bentonville, nice. which was awesome timing. Uh, and so that led me to get back into it, climb more regularly, train with my climbing partner the past three, almost four years, Bailey Whitaker, who also works with me at Walmart. And uh, we started climbing, you know, competitions together, uh, not necessarily to, to win, but like 24 hours in horseshoe hell, local stuff, and then challenging ourselves to get on bigger walls outside of the state too. Nice. Speaking of boulders, how about that boulder they dropped right behind 8th Street Market? Have you been on it yet? I have several times. Uh, <laughs> in fact, uh, we were just eating at, um, oh, what's the, he, he's just nominated for James Beard Award Yeos. there. Yeos, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're, we just got on the wait list one day uh, for that. We're on a date night. I look at my wife, I'm like, well, we got 30 minutes to burn. I'm just going to go <laughs> boulder real quick. But uh, she humored me. And so, yeah, I've been, I've been on there quite a bit. It's a, gr I mean, what a cool, I, don't, I haven't seen that anywhere else that there's just a boulder in the middle of a, you know, downtown arts district. Yeah, it's very cool. It's basically right behind our office. I guess there's something I need to aspire to and, and, and go do at lunch. But uh, we were just at uh, Yayo's Saturday night. And every time I go back there and admire the boulder, 
but have you seen the new art piece directly behind it? I think I have. Go check it out. You'll know it when you see it. Um, what other sports do you enjoy? Sure. So uh, when I'm not uh, climbing around Arkansas at the Ozark Climbing Gym or at Climb Bentonville, the, the, the one sport that can hold a candle to my passion for rock climbing is free diving. And that's something I got into while I was living in Japan. Um, no climbing gym, right? So instead I, I got out on the water a lot and would just um, get out there with some, some of my buddies and special forces. And, uh, you know, as, as you can imagine, they probably had, uh, they had some similar interests. <laughs> and so we just get out there uh, and, and free dive. I ended up being able to get down to about 90, 96 feet consistently. Oh, wow. I never pushed it past a hundred. Um, just, you had to go like a, more than a kilometer out because it's just the way the sea shelf is there on Okinawa. But yeah. Very cool. So you mentioned horseshoe hell. What is the 24 hours of horseshoe hell? Will you tell us about that? Sure. I'll, I'll try and do it justice. Uh, so it's a, a local competition uh, just outside of Ponca, uh, kind of between Ponca and Jasper, Arkansas, at the Horseshoe Canyon Ranch, which is a privately managed dude ranch but uh, very climber friendly. And so they've been hosting this event for, th- this is where I'm going to try and do it justice about somewhere between 10 and 20 years. It's, wow. it's been around for a minute um, and it's gained a notoriety and in acclaim over that time too. Um, there's just not a lot of climbing competitions like it. Uh, it is like the marathon, the one and only that I know of marathon and rock climbing competitions where you climb continuously for 24 hours. So through the night um, and night climbing is its own uh, almost sport, if you will, with a headlamp. So uh, the first time I did it, uh, Bailey and I climbed the 12-hour event in 2019. Um, as you can imagine, 2020 didn't happen. There's no competition. But then we went back in 2021 for the 24-hour event. Wow, that's pretty cool. I, I watched some videos online. It just looked amazing. The name seems fully appropriate at uh, you know 24 hours of horseshoe hell. Uh, looking at my notes here, I also saw that uh, Outside Magazine called it the world's wildest climbing competition. But I get the feeling that it's because there's so much more that happens there. Um, for example, I, I hear there are some ridiculously dressed people and ridiculous team names. Do you, do you uh, have you dressed up or have any ridiculous team names to share with us? Uh, I have dressed up um, 100%. And we had a team name. It's, it wasn't that fun or, or funny. <laughs> okay. But uh, I dressed up, I put on my eyeliner. I, uh, I, uh, I had the, uh, so you get free haircuts at it. You can also get free tattoos, what? <laughs> uh, at, at the event. Yeah. 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 Um, and so I had the, the barber there cut a, some hearts into the side of my head and I had a mohawk going, uh, for the duration of the competition. And, and as you alluded to, there's, there's actually a lot more than just the competition with the competitors. There's a lot of social events like, um, uh, deep water soloing, uh, on, on the Buffalo uh, nighttime bouldering, scavenger hunts, um, a lot of sponsors show up. And so actually that's the capacity that I'll be there, uh, in this year is not as a competitor, but as a sponsor. And so I'll be able to t- hopefully take advantage of a lot of those extra curricular type activities. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Well, I am in the wrong shape to uh, climb at the moment, uh, but maybe I can come check out your, uh, your booth and hand out free coffee to the climbers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> take you up on that. Yeah. Excellent. Well, before we jump into talking about Lakaita Ropes, uh, will you talk more about the climbing scene in Arkansas and sort of compare that with the rest of the country? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so Arkansas has a lot of passion, um, a lot of community in its climbing scene. And that, I think, is ultimately our strength. We don't necessarily have the route count. So what am I talking about when I say routes? I mean, trad routes, sport routes, different types of climbing uh, with ropes. And then bouldering problems, which are also a, a contribute to the total uh, route count. 
Um, so if you were to add all those types together, you come up with somewhere between three and 4,000, uh, like maybe 3,500 routes in the state um, per mountain project. So if you compare that to a state like California, which has the most out of any state in the union, they have about, I think it's closer to 30,000 routes. Um, Colorado and Utah aren't too far behind, 25,000 and maybe mm-hmm. 18,000 a piece. Um, but generally most states have between two and 5,000. So, so we're in that, in that realm. But uh, I think there's a lot more to explore here. There's a ton of, of private land um, that has some great crags on it. Um, crags here being just rocks to climb on, climbing areas. And I mean, there's no reason we couldn't have, you know, 10,000 routes. Uh, and especially as the sport gains in participation and awareness. You know, you had the, the free solo documentary Oscar winner. Um, it's now an Olympic sport uh, for the first time uh, in, the, in the previous Olympics. So it's attracting more and more people to the sport uh, with the confluent uh, kind of trend of people going outdoors more. So you have more people going outdoors and exploring, seeing rock climbing, the bold try it and the sport grows. So um, I can only see the sport continuing to develop more in the state. I know the Arkansas Climbers Coalition is doing a ton of good work in terms of keeping up with tra- keeping the trails up, mm-hmm. uh, making sure climbers are educated when they go to the crags on leave no trace principles and just you know, how to maintain that good climbing community that we have. Um, yeah, we are poised for some tremendous growth in rock climbing in the state. Very cool. Well, you know, you just sort of set me up for what I was just thinking. Uh, you know, here in Bentonville, we're the mountain biking capital of the world. Uh, but in the middle of the country, this is the only place where you have sort of rugged canyons and steep cliffs and huge beautiful lakes and rivers and streams. In fact, the uh, first national river, the Buffalo River, everything is here. So mountain biking capital of the world. Um, paddle sports is growing fast here. But I feel like climbing seems to be the, the next really big growth thing here. Is that accurate? I think that's absolutely accurate. We definitely have it in terms of like natural resources. Mm-hmm. We have tons of unexplored crags. Um, maybe some that are explored, but only known to a few. So not, not really um, public knowledge. Um, I think the one thing that's missing from the equation is, is if you think of it in terms of a flywheel, right? You have the, uh, like the organizations like the Climbers Coalition that develop. Mm-hmm. And so the development, uh, adding new routes, making routes safer by, by rebolting and putting up new cleaner, more uh, safe hardware attracts more people to the state. People come to the state, they see what the state has to offer in terms of climbing. um, And ideally they spend dollars here, right? Tourism dollars, or this is where we start to fit in dollars on climbing gear Mm -hmm. locally produced. Um, What I intend to do with Lakaida is donate a portion of our our, uh, sales to the Climbers Coalition and also direct donations of just static rope to help them bolt. In so doing, they continue to develop more. So they develop more. It attracts more people to the state, growing awareness for not only climbing in the state, but the state's um, uh, organic companies, the the, the local companies here. Uh, So we'll be the first, I think, of our kind to be a a rock climbing gear manufacturer in the state. You look at other um, states like Utah, Colorado. I mean, there's dozens, dozens of, uh, of, of rock climbing companies and then maybe, you know, 30 to 50 companies in the outdoor space. So that's, that's the kind of environment we're trying to like foster and grow here. I would love to say maybe in five years time, we were the first rock climbing gear company, but we're not the only one anymore. That would be great. Well, we can team up and find some of those others. Uh, let's talk about Lakata Ropes. Uh, first, congratulations on taking this entrepreneurial plunge. It is, uh, I was just talking to some folks earlier and that is a tough thing to do. Been there, done that several times. 
I don't think a lot of people appreciate just how hard it is. Um, will you tell our audience about Lakata Ropes? What's the company all about? Why did you start it? Absolutely. So uh, I, I kind of put on my merchant hat. So I, I gained a skill set while I was at Walmart. I, I learned products, I learned brands, I learned channel strategies. Uh, and ultimately, I, I realized the future is, is e-commerce, the future is social commerce. How can I bring my skills to bear in that, in that world and do something I'm passionate about? So the very first ropes I bought, I put on Amazon. Uh, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't do my due diligence in terms of market research. So I bought 10.5 millimeter non-dry, which is less attractive, dynamic ropes um, and was buried by the algorithm on Amazon. Um, so subsequent to that, I was like, how can I, how can I make this product more successful and ultimately centered on innovation? I need to innovate in some way. So I came up with this idea for taking maybe white rope and printing cool designs, patterns, prints on it and or meter marking it, you know, and we'll just, you know, see what, what works, what, what resonates with the climbing community. Uh, fortunately, I had a mentor uh, at that time who, who wised me up. He's like, you're, you're making a life-saving device here, right? This is something that people will trust their lives with. You need to lean into that. How do you make a, like a life-saving device safer and not just more aesthetically pleasing by putting cool designs on it? So that's why we lean into metered ropes. Uh, and there was an evolution there. You know, at first I started with, with uh, vinyl transfers, mm-hmm. ended up not being the way to go. Uh, and now we, we print on with, uh, with permanent ink into, onto the rope. And so we can use a variety of different rope colors uh, to that end. And ultimately our goal is first and foremost to make this life-saving device safer. By, uh, by meter marking it, you, can, you, you allow the climber to repel more safely, right? They can count down to the ends of their rope as opposed to, you know, solely relying on stopper knots, which you should always tie a stopper knot. Um, but, um, you also help the rock climbers by, uh, I mean, you're essentially giving them a ruler, right? So if they're a, a first ascent type climber, a developer and they're bolting routes, well, now they know exactly how tall the route is. Now they know how spaced out their bolts are, which is all useful information to them. The, the other use is, is just kind of like, it, it becomes easier for any climber to manage their ropes. A common thing that we do in the rock climbing world is, is cut the ends of our ropes off when they get worn out. Mm-hmm. So with the Lakaida rope, there's no need to measure. You just see where it's marked, cut either end, and your midpoint stays the same. thing to be most cognizant of is that now your rope is, is two meters shorter than it was originally. So that's cool. Yeah. So metered rope. I mean, why didn't somebody before you come up with this idea? Probably the most common question I get actually is, why hasn't anybody done that? And I mean, that, that in and of itself is a validation for the idea. It's like, yeah, I guess it does make a lot of sense. And peop- that means it'll resonate with people. Mm-hmm. But we've got, we've got a lot more uh, ideas and a lot more to offer than, than metered rope uh, solely. Uh, we're very proud of it. Uh, and I think we'll be, we're, we're launching with three products to start. So uh, two 9.9 millimeter ropes. And based on our market research, uh, basically polling uh, climbers that follow us on Instagram, uh, we understand that that's, maybe 40 to 50% of what climbers use. Um, uh, I would say less than 10% use ropes that are thinner than 9.1 millimeter or thicker than 10.0 millimeter. So most are in that 10 to nine range and it's kind of almost 45, 50% splits between 9.5 to nine and 9.6 to 10. Um, So we'll be launching with two ropes at the top end of that um, bifurcation and then uh, one rope to launch, uh, that's nine point, uh, actually it's 9.6 millimeter. And next month we'll be launching a fourth rope that'll be 9.4 millimeter, all dry treated, some fully dry certified, all dynamic, all meter marked. 
Um, we'll have two ropes that are completely unmarked to launch. One is a pure uh, affordability play. Like it's one of the only ropes I know of that comes in a 60 meter that's going to retail for less than $100. So we're trying to make it accessible as well. So there's, there's, a, um, there's a lot we're trying to accomplish with this company. Some of it's still very much in the works, like um, uh, in, in, light of, in light of recent policy changes in the United States, we're seriously considering donating a portion of all sales proceeds, not only to the Arkansas Climbers Coalition for, for development, but to, uh, to other causes that we feel passionate about in the company, environmental issues, women's rights and rights for the LGBTQ community. Um, more to follow on that. We haven't hashed out exactly how it's going to work out specifically financially and which causes we're going to donate to, but we're going to make it happen. Uh, that's, that's, great. that's my commitment. I'm pretty confident in saying that. Very cool. So speaking of the product launch, today's Monday. We're dropping this episode on Friday. Anything to announce this week in terms of uh, when that product launches? Yes. Uh, so June 30th, so that's Thursday, 7 p.m., we will make our website live uh, for shopping and browsing and, and just joining, uh, joining the Lakaida <laughs> uh, uh, sea change, if you will. Um, I, I hope we can make a positive change permanently in the rock climbing world with meter ropes. Um, but beyond, and so I mentioned too that we'll launch that uh, fourth rope. So all of our ropes, by the way, are named after local crags. So the two that I mentioned, the 9.9s, are uh, Fitzgerald. That's our blue rope. It's dry core only. The, um, the Lincoln, so the Fitzgerald named after Fitzgerald Mountain in Springdale, Arkansas. Cool. Uh, the Lincoln is named after Lincoln Lake uh, down there by Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the two 9.9s. And then we have the 9.6, which is the Fern, which is uh, on the way towards Fort Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our fourth rope, that'll be a 9.4 millimeter, is the Throne, as in Sam's Throne. Uh, nice. And then we're just going to continue to expand the lineup beyond that, kind of going down that uh, thickness spectrum towards 9.0. Um, but we have more too in the works. Uh, so maybe I can make a quick digression there to the uh, tarps we're working on. Um, mm. So Interform, uh, local uh, nonprofit, given the mandate, how do we make sewn trade uh, an industry in Arkansas and specifically starting with Northwest Arkansas? Uh, so they're, they're a, an awesome nonprofit, really active in the community, uh, really aligned with our, with our beliefs. They're very active in promoting uh, LGBTQ interests mm-hmm. um, and, and awareness. And so we're partnering with them on a rope tarp. Uh, essentially, what you look at, if you look at the market for rope tarps right now, you have really four or five products. Um, and it's more of a necessity than anything else. Uh, you, you're going, you know you're going to go climb somewhere where it's muddy or mm-hmm. there's lots of tree roots or rocks and you want to keep your, your rope out of that uh, and preserve it. So you buy a rope tarp and it's black or gray and it has whatever brand name it has on it. And that's about it. So we're going to change that game by bringing to market the first uh, tarp that has uh, dye sublimated designs on it. So if anyone's familiar with Rumple Blankets, uh, it's, it's not too far off from that. We're going to take these kind of pictures that have been pixelated to look more like a drawn image. Um, but the picture itself will be of a local Arkansas crag. So Sam's Throne, Horseshoe Canyon Ranch. Um, and in so doing, we're, we're not only making it a cool thing that goes from being a need to being a want, like something that mm-hmm. I want because it looks cool, but everywhere that tarp goes, it's essentially promoting rock climbing in Arkansas because it'll say on there, like, this is Sam's Throne. This is the person who took the picture. Uh, uh, this is the, the climber. Uh, and in both instances, we're going to try and partner with local photographers, local, like Tyler Maine, uh, who, mm-hmm. who helped take some of our original content, um, local climbers like Yuli Garcia, who's the head route setter at Climb Bentonville. 
and also prolific route developer out just kind of on his own. And that's, that's one thing to understand too about route developers. They're just doing it because they have a passion for it. Nobody's paying them to go out there and set up sport climbs. They're doing it to just grow the climbing community and because they love it. That's cool. So we want to get, we want to shed light on all of their efforts by putting their names on these tarps and then donating again, a portion of the proceeds from the sales to, um, to, to causes that we espouse. That's pretty great. You've taken care of a couple of my uh, questions for me. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, metered rope is a distinct competitive advantage for you. Are there other advantages? And I'll toss this one in there too. Is this uh, patentable? Yes. Uh, so be- beyond safer repelling, uh, more accurate bolting or, or route development, mm-hmm. and then easier rope management, those, those really, that really kind of sums up. That we're still learning though. Like, sure. Uh, when I first launched this, James, I, I knew about one of those. And so in, in interacting with the community and getting the rope out there and letting people try it, I get, that's where I get the feedback. It's like, you know what this is really useful for is bolting. And it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause you're basically taking a ruler up on the mm-hmm. rock with you, but it is patented. So we filed patents. One of the first things we did. And again, that's where, so we were part of the GORP incubator. And I, I can't believe it's taking me this long to mention that. So the greenhouse outdoor rec program is essentially administered by the University of Arkansas and funded by the Walton Family Foundation. And we were lucky enough to be a part of their uh, uh, first class of entrepreneurs and companies. So we were one of four, uh, the other three being uh, Encore Bikes, Trail Tours, I think were uh, mm-hmm. already on the, on, the, on the podcast, and American Hunt. And uh, they really steered us in the right direction legally. Uh, so we got in touch with the right uh, lawyers and they steered us in the right direction. We got a patent filed. So um, we, we hope to maintain that competitive advantage uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So sounds like Corp was a real help to you. Um, what would you tell, tell other outdoor recreation entrepreneurs um, about GORP and whether they should join the program? Absolutely. So if you have a, an idea for a product or a service in the outdoor industry, you should absolutely look into GORP. Um, as I recall, they are still open in applications for their second cohort. Um, I, I mentioned that they'll put you in touch with the right legal uh, resources, marketing resources, um, the Arkansas Small Business uh, team uh, down, down in Fayetteville. Um, but there's also $15,000 in non-dilutive grant money, um, which was, I mean, from, for my company, which is a product company, you can't buy inventory or, or raw materials if you don't have the funds. So it was instrumental in helping us get started. And I'd encourage anyone who's interested to apply. That's awesome. Yeah. The next cohort, it's almost like you, uh, picked the words right off the page for me. The, uh, the next cohort starts August 29th, um, and you can apply right now through July 10th. And all you have to do is just Google the Greenhouse Outdoor Recreation Program, maybe add in um, incubator application, and it should come up uh, right to the top for you. That uh, incubator runs right on the outs, uh, other side of the wall from my office, which is, to me, I just think fantastic. Will you tell me a story, something that's happened to you here in Bentonville where you thought, wow, that's a hashtag because Bentonville moment. And it can be a story or it can just be a moment. Uh, mine, uh, I've got a couple of them. One of mine is the first time I saw a bike detour sign. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think the first thing that comes to mind is actually uh, Fitzgerald Mountain. So mm-hmm. uh, also known as Bayari Bike Park, uh, really popular for mountain biking. But within the past year, it's seen quite a bit of development for rock climbing, which is amazing because these outdoor rock climbing routes are within a 15 minute drive from downtown Bentonville. Um, the accessibility, I think it's a game changer, right? And instead of going, you know, 
uh, two hours into the, into the Ozarks to find like Sam's Throne or Horseshoe Canyon Ranch. If you're um, just curious in rock, uh, about rock climbing, or maybe you've been a gym climber and you, you want to start going outdoors, mm-hmm. but maybe you don't have the time or the willingness to commit to a two, like a full day event out there. Now you can go try out sport climbing outdoors 15 minutes away. Um, and so th- that was kind of one of those moments, you, you, specifically the, the hashtag. What was that moment? So I was out there climbing with Bailey again. I mentioned my, my rock climbing partner and, uh, and our buddy Wes. And we're just, we're just, we've been climbing now for a couple of hours. A couple of other climbers have come out. And all of a sudden we start seeing um, cyclists just, and then we realized that, you know, the trail we hiked in on is mountain biking trail. So you have mountain bikers just zooming past the rocks that we're climbing on. And it's just, I mean, where else are you going to find that? Like back-to-back rock climbers and mountain bikers using the same natural resources and just enjoying the outdoors. That's pretty cool. Hey, if somebody wants to find you or Lakaida Ropes, how do they do that? Sure. Uh, so Pedro at LakaidaRopes.com. Our website is LakaidaRopes.com. Uh, we're on Instagram at Lakaida Ropes. We're on Facebook at Lakaida Ropes. Um, just, just please reach out. Um, and I mean that I, I want to hear from everybody, but in particular, the climbing community. Um, cause that's, that is who we're ultimately serving with this product. Um, that's who we ultimately look to, um, well, th- that's who we're trying to, to, to serve, not only with the product, but what we develop, what we work on. Um, what causes do you feel passionate about that will help guide our strategy for how we're going to make these donations, um, that we siphon off from our sales. So, very nice. Uh, what should I have asked you that I did not? Hmm. More about the tarps. Let's let's talk a bit about about the tarps because yeah. we're we're gonna we're gonna do this launch. Like we've already uh, started, kicked off the project with Interform. Um, we sh- we should culminate it in August. So we'll lo- be looking to release uh, the first three designs in August uh, with the rope tarps. We're gonna move beyond that. Um, so there's something really exciting in the works. Uh, and if if you can imagine, first I'll just tell you what it is we're going to take rope tarps and around the edges of the tarp itself, we're going to look to stitch in led lights so that you could essentially like grab the corner of the tarp, press a button and it illuminates the whole tarp. So now you have this lighted surface on which to climb. Maybe it's an outgrowth of horseshoe hell, or maybe it's just the climbing community in Arkansas, but there's a lot of interest and a lot of people out there climbing at night. And so this is a game changer. There's nothing like this on the market. And so I continue, I hope to continue to innovate in that way. Just, make climbing, um, I mean, it makes it by making it safer. We're also making it more accessible because uh, yeah. it just kind of eliminates some of that fear in, in particular climbing at night. Well, now you've got more lights out there. Now you feel a little bit more comfortable maybe. And if that encourages more people to get out there and join the sport, all the better. This is really cool. Yeah. I mean, this is very entrepreneurial, right? You're, you're changing things that have been around probably decades. I don't know enough about the space to know this for sure, but I'm guessing probably for decades without much, if any change at all. And you're not accepting that things are the way they are. You're instead saying, I can actually make it safer and also make it cooler and more beautiful at the same time. I I think that's, you just reminded me of a story. I'd love to tell it real quick. So I was at Horseshoe Hell uh, uh, 2021 and they're giving away stacks of these magazines. They're just having them a big bin, like take, please, these are free. So I started looking through them and they're rock climbing magazines that go back into the nineties and maybe even the late eighties. Oh, wow. like, this is just kind of really cool from historic record. Um, at the same time, I have this Airbnb that I'm trying to rent out uh, in Jasper and we're mm-hmm. renovating it. I'm like, oh, these would look so cool on the shelf. So I put them in the Airbnb. And so one day I'm in there, I'm, I'm flipping through them. And that's, that's ultimately where I first noticed what my innovation was going to be with the rock climbing rope. 
you look at, uh, you know, a prolific, well-known climber like Lynn Hill, and she was climbing, she'd been climbing across decades. And one thing I noticed from one magazine to the next, as you go, you know, in timeline progression, her rope really didn't change. Hmm. Like it was, it looked the same in the eighties as it did in the nineties, et cetera. I was like, well, maybe that's where, you know, maybe I can do something around the way it looks. And that was the first, that was the first kind of aha moment with the design of the rope. The the meter rope came later, but um, it was ultimately kind of like that confluence of just giving away magazines at Horseshoe Hell and then kind of look at them later. And that's where the idea came from. Often where innovation comes from is these random collisions and and moments. Um, One more question I didn't tell you about. Okay, so if you had a superpower and that superpower came with a limitation, what would it be? And while you think about it, I'll tell you real quick what mine is. I give you a little bit of time by telling you that mine would be um, if I was watching a sporting event, I could pick up a remote and click it uh, at the TV and it would take me into that sporting event. My limitation would be that it would also drag somebody in, not of my choosing, who absolutely hated sports and was in my ear about it the whole time. Gosh, I'm, I've been watching a lot of Stranger Things. This is probably an outgrowth of that, but it'd definitely be telekinesis. Okay. And maybe the limiting factor would be I could only use it for non-selfish purposes. So that would, I don't know, maybe keep me honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. That's fantastic. Well, Pedro, thank you for so much for uh, taking the time to spend with our audience today, talking about yourself and your story and uh, Lakaida Ropes and, and your passion for climbing and, and what's happening here in Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas and across the Ozarks. Absolutely. And if I can just make a quick plug, yeah. big thank you to um, uh, Andrew uh, Gibbs Dabney at Lives In for being my mentor uh, in the GORT program. Also, Monty Burns from the University of Arkansas, professor of uh, mechanical engineering. Um, Jason Groves and Dennis Nelms, uh, each uh, respectively uh, the leader of Climb Benton, well, Climb Bentonville for Dennis and then um, Ozark Climbing Gym, one of the oldest gyms, not the oldest, I learned. Uh, there used to be a chicken shed in Arkansas that were here in Northwest Arkansas that was essentially the first rock climbing gym, not in operation anymore. But Ozark Climbing Gym, besides that, is the, is the oldest standing gym. And so both of the, both those guys welcomed me into the climbing community and really helped uh, put me in touch with other resources. Um, and then David Thompson from the Arkansas Climbers Coalition for being an advocate for Lakaida and, uh, and just also helping me get plugged in with the community. Good deal. Nice job. Well, a nice tie back to some of our earlier episodes too. So our second episode was Andrew Gibbs Dabney from Lives In. And we talked about GORP earlier. Phil Shellhammer from GORP was the very first uh, episode. He didn't know it until he sat in that chair. Hey, and thank you to our Bentonville Beacon audience. Uh, If you like what you heard, come back so you can hear more about Bentonville's businesses and its leaders and people and learn more about Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Uh, check out BentonvilleEconomicDevelopment.com for more podcasts or check out the podcast and subscribe on your uh, favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. We hope to see you next week.